Welcome to Decoding Business. Decoding Business is produced by Better Business Bureau, serving the heart of Texas. Here's your host, Jason Mesa. Here we go, coming up on the second half of 2021. Nobody could have predicted what the past year and a half would end up like. The new and used car market is volatile. Chip shortage, the winter freeze, COVID, and then slow showrooms affected the auto industry. But we invited San Antonio dealership and Sierra back to the podcast to break down what the landscape looks like for car, fleet vehicle buyers. We always appreciate a chat with April. Uh, we feel like we know her personally just by following her social media and the incredibly busy day she has. But Ansira has a large footprint in the market. And just about every brand offered by the Ansira Auto Group, starting as the first Hispanic car dealer nearly 50 years ago, at least for GM here in the U.S. So to the interview now, April Ansira is the vice president of Ansira Auto Group, daughter, philanthropist, mother, wife, a comedian, stand-up comedian. Add that to the resume. Uh, April, it's always a pleasure to have you. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk with you again. First, start with the used car market. Oh, my goodness. What an explosion of used car prices, demand for your dealerships, even just getting your service department vehicles to to help. What is your take on the used car market right now in the state? Insane. Um, it's the first time uh, in my life that I've ever seen a vehicle appreciate, right? So we're used to investing in land um, or even our houses. And maybe they dip for a second, but you always anticipate the appreciation of those assets. Mm -hmm. Never in my right mind did I think a vehicle would be in that same boat uh, as long as I live. And so that's kind of what we're looking at, right? Mm -hmm. um, let me give you a cra the craziest example I've seen yet. We basically had a 2021 Toyota Tundra we got in and trade. It had 8,500 miles on it. So by all uh, definitions, it's a pre-owned vehicle. Mm -hmm. We didn't want to be caught uh, owning it for too much because we know we put a lot of money into it to get it as a trade. So we took it to auction immediately instead of putting it on the lot. That vehicle went for $9,000 more than the new equivalent sticker. Wow. Right? Yeah. If you had gone to, and this is about uh, about a month and a half ago, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you had gone to a Toyota dealership lot and looked at the MSRP of a brand new 2021, it would have been $9,000 less than this pre-owned one went for. Um, a dealer in Austin ended up purchasing it at the uh, wholesale auction. Uh, would that have ever been on our lot for plus 9,000 over MSRP? No. Wow. Um, a, a bank, I don't think a bank would have financed anybody in that sort of position. Uh, you would have had to have a bazillionaire come in with all cash for that kind of deal. Right. So no, you're not going to find that on our lot where we were seeing those prices was definitely in the, uh, auction arena. Um, however, I mean, eventually they do end up being bought by somebody and somebody's going to be out a lot of money. Uh, I'm not sure who, but again, you're not going to see those prices on, on our lot, although you will see incrementally high, higher ones than you're used to. Right. Yeah. Basically what happened is it, for, for the folks out there that don't know, which believe it or not, there's a lot of people that don't know and they come on the car lot and they're incredibly surprised. Normally, we'll have about three to four months worth of inventory. And what does that mean to everybody else? Well, if we never got another car coming inbound onto the lot, uh, as far as new cars, it would take three or four months to sell out of that inventory before we were at zero. Mm -hmm. Right now, we're looking at four to five days oh, of man. inventory. That means, in other words, if no car ever came back on the lot, we'd be out of cars in four to five days. 
So what does that do? It pushes up the demand for used vehicles if you can't find what you need in a new vehicle. Um, and so what does that do? Well, it raises the prices and the inventory uh, becomes smaller even in the used department. Mm-hmm. Um, and so ironically, this also trickles into our loaners. So we have fewer loaners because we have fewer vehicles to sell. So we are pulling loaners out to sell those to be able to give our uh, employees something to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to keep food on the table. So that's kind of what we're looking at. Also, the manufacturers have lowered what they want us to have in loaners. Um, and so we have to abide by those rules. Mm-hmm. But guess who else this is affecting? This is also affecting uh, rental companies. Yes. Right? So if you're going to go on a trip, um, you better check way in advance if you can get a, a rental uh, see if you can get on that new app, I think, where you can rent somebody else's actual vehicle right. uh, or find another mode of transportation because they can't buy new cars either. Um, and so we're also using them when we don't have loaners. So we're pulling from them as well. This is all because of this semiconductor chip shortage, right? I'm giving you the fallout. I haven't told you yet what it's from. Uh, you may know, of course, but the semi, we get these semiconductor chips that go into all of these vehicles. This is what makes all the smart stuff in the vehicle go. Uh, and they primarily are made in China. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with that, during the whole year of COVID, everybody bought up all sorts of technology, more phones, more laptops, more iPads, all of these things also have semiconductor chips and smart TVs, right? So that was going gangbusters. Well, we share that arena with them. Uh, a Subaru has maybe 38 to 39 semiconductor chips in it. Uh, I didn't know that. I heard that and I was like, man, that's one of the, one of the higher ones. But even our C-Fobs have mm-hmm. semiconductor chips in them. Yep. So we are incredibly reliant, uh, on China to get us these chips. You know, you can look at rumors. Maybe they really just don't like us also right now. <laughs> So I don't know how much they're going to help us, um, but we certainly need to make strides in the coming future not to put ourselves in that position again uh, by being able to make our own semiconductor chips that go into, man, not not only vehicles, like I said, your phones, your TVs, your iPads, all sorts of things. Um, and so that that is where we're at. Used cars are actually more expensive I would say financially than new cars. Mm-hmm. And, and what do I mean by that? Um, I mean, basically a, a $15,000 vehicle that's a used vehicle probably is maybe 7,000 heavy as opposed to the markup difference on a new car from what we own it for. And the MSRP, you're only looking at maybe $2,000. So, you know, it varies. If it's luxury, it's going to be a little bit more. If mm-hmm. it, that's standard, there are some that are a little bit less than that, right? Right. Um, so if you're going into shop, right now, I would advise people to look more at new cars. This goes completely against all the rich dad, poor dad financial <laughs> advice you get. Um, you know, you want to buy a used car because it takes the initial hit in the beginning uh, out, of the, out of the whole process. But in this case, if you bring your car in, here's the silver lining, um, you are going to get 
the most you will ever get for that used car right now. Right. So that will outweigh the small markup you may see at some stores, not all, that are going to MSRP. Mm-hmm. Because that'll be significantly, that gain will be significantly larger uh, than the difference between cost and MSRP that are some, some people are doing. So that's basically where we're, where we're at right now. <laughs> well, there you go. So your, your used car that's paid off in the garage is probably a gold mine right now. So take it in, right. let the dealerships, you know, assess, you know, evaluate. And at some point, yes, you, your, 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 your inventory is balanced. A lot happened. Of course, the chip shortage, um, the freeze, all these kinds of things happen. Now COVID forcing us to shop and do the entire process, almost all of it online, signing documents. You show up for the keys and drive off. That's almost where we're at at this point. This 2022 look any better from this vantage point? So 2022 should look a bit better. Um, The experts are saying that the semiconductor chip shortage should come to an end by December. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what they're looking at to determine that. (laughs) Uh, But that that is what they're saying, that by December, uh, early January, that's when we should feel some relief. Now, does that mean that we have relief in that we're getting the chips or does that mean the chips will be already into the devices, right? Um, I think that's when we get the chips. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm thinking that we're going to have to still wait for the installation, for the shipment, uh, and that we're looking at maybe early spring uh, for some relief in reality. Uh, people like Ford are actually messing around with a couple of ideas they're thinking of shipping some of their inventory out early to sit on dealers lot Mm -hmm. and then shipping them the chips as well to put inside that inventory Mm -hmm. and when you do that then you don't have to wait for the entire process to happen there we're simultaneously putting chips in as they are simultaneously putting chips in right right yes i didn't need to say simultaneous twice because that's redundant but (laughs) but that's kind of what they're tossing around as a way to hurry things up some cool thing. I mean, some manufacturers have come up with some ways around this. If you buy a Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram, they are right now delivering it with one key, right? So that way they mm. save a, a semiconductor. When you, when your other key comes in, because you do get two, mm-hmm. you just you have to come back into the store and then we program it to your vehicle. But that way you at least get your vehicle. There's more vehicles on the lot. You know your second key is on the way. Right. Um, Chevy has actually done stuff like take out the, the backup camera out of some of their 1500s, um, and, and that alleviates some chip need for that camera alone. They're not doing all of them. They're just doing some of them. So mm-hmm. if you really just need that truck with the 1500, uh, maybe you can forego your backup camera. I personally can't. I need to see everything <laughs> yeah. left behind me. We, I we need, need the it. warnings, the whistles, all all the things. Right. So we tell businesses to risk manage. You know, it's all about risk management. But who could have predicted a chip shortage at this point? And, you know, how do you play that game? How do you how do you forecast it? You don't, right? So you pivot. I've, I've said this in a couple of interviews. I think dealers are incredibly scrappy, <laughs> right? Like, we... Whatever is thrown at us, we just have to keep adjusting, and I and I think we do a fairly good um, good job of that. You definitely have to focus more on service right now, correct? Uh, and and hopefully cover a lot of your costs and expenses by doing a great job in the service department, right? Uh, helping folks out with those kinds of needs. But um, of course, 
this is where you do see the price increases uh, to some degree as well, because we used to do high volume, low margin uh, type sales, right? And then we try to hit the factory number that they give us. Nobody ever believes me, but we used to operate pretty readily in the red for new cars in the margin department with what we owned it for versus what we sold it for. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've told so many people, I'll show you my financial statements because they just don't understand kind of how it works. It's just chasing a number, trying to be number one. Um, And that the other three departments, service parts and use were kind of what you hope for and also finance to some degree on where you can make a profit. So literally we operated in the red my whole life that I can remember. This is the first time I've ever seen us in the black, which is kind of odd. But in the irony is, is customers are happier right now. And I don't know what's going on. Um, I know, right? Yeah. Like they're, they're just happy to be able to get a vehicle, get into what they want. And it's kind of, I don't, I don't, it's kind of strange. Um, like, well, I should have charged you more before if you're going to be this happy. About about the process, um, but I think really the customers what what they care about most uh, they they do care about price for sure. sure. But uh, is their time and that you're efficient with their time and you don't waste it and uh, that you listen and communicate well uh, uh, with them. We do have a rule: we don't charge more than MSRP. Mm-hmm. That's as far as we'll go. We don't do market adjustment. Uh, a, a couple of times, I'm not I'm not going to lie. We have 750 employees. Sometimes they come from somewhere new. And I, and I think someone else said it best. They said, uh, while I'm speaking here, two people are doing something really stupid. Uh, <laughs> I don't know which two, but when you're up to 750 employees, you know there's two people doing something really dumb that you're going to have to go back and answer for when you go. You hope it doesn't happen. But um, basically, they were saying, "Hey, you're gonna if you buy it at this price, you're gonna have to also buy these uh, other products, mm, right?" Right. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't roll that way. That's good. Um, That's good. I get. I, I get incredibly. I wasn't very happy. <laughs> um, and we did have. We've had several talks. I went over even to one store and had an emergency meeting to make sure that we spent. Since 1972, building our stores up on integrity and transparency, um, and this is not uh, any behavior that I condone uh, whatsoever. And so um, it does happen. I do want to tell your listeners um, or viewers that you know if that happens, uh, give the dealership another shot. Odds are that top management doesn't know mm-hmm. um, on occasion. Somebody gets a little bit greedy or a little goes a little bit rogue, uh, and, and if we know, we can correct it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when we can we can make it right. But it, it, it unfortunately, no matter how much you hammer at home, sometimes uh, you'll get somebody doing that, and and it, it can very much end up in a fireable offense, you know, because that's not who you want representing you. That's my next question already. You've already almost answered it. BBB kind of uh, strives to connect consumers with trustworthy organizations. The local car dealer is busy with reviews, complaints, ratings, buying a car, RV, fleet vehicle. It's a major purchase. And we stand with the groups and the businesses that, you know, try, you just said it right, make it right. Try to make it right. Address the feedback process, you know, major issues. So yes, you stand for that. So we thank you for that. Right. 
Yeah. So, um, but as I was saying, the adjustment is in where, okay, where's the net profit coming from? It's going to be a bit of a higher margin on each car because we don't, we can't sell a hundred, you know, at teeny tiny margins or none. We have to actually build a margin because we've only got four days worth of inventory and we still got to keep the lights on. Uh, and, and so that's kind of, kind of where you've looked at it if you aren't able to do it in, um, the service department, you know, by doing a great job there. Right. So, but you, do, I mean, those are kind of the pitfalls you have to look out for as somebody who gets a little bit too uh, excited about their product. Now, if you sell them, great. You know, if you build value in the product uh, for that vehicle, fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, you go for it. Um, but under no circumstances should those products be mandatory right. to be able to purchase it for the advertised price. Right. So, yeah, finding value, customers find value in certain things, and you don't want to take advantage. Yeah. You don't want to take advantage of the situation at any, any point. Right. If you just joined us talking with April Ansira, Vice President for Ansira Auto Group out of San Antonio, the name Ansira is synonymous with, uh, with dad, Ernesto Ansira, who's about 80%, you say, retired nowadays. What's his uh, update? Talk about dad and retell us that story about, uh, you know, asking dad for that start in the, in the business and uh, your eventual climb up. Yeah. So my dad still comes into the store, I guess. He's a, a 10 to 2 kind of guy now, um, you know, and he used to play golf three times a week, but even he's kind of backed off of that. He says he hates, uh, he's bored now because he's shooting under his age. Uh, he's 77, right? And so now he shoots under his age. He doesn't look 77. He doesn't act 77. He still enjoys flying uh, his plane. I mean, that's his, his happy place uh, for him. And, um, but yeah, no, he, he comes in for the, the large decisions. We just recently pitched a new opportunity to purchase a store somewhere. Uh, and so, uh, we, we definitely involved him, involved him in those capacities. Uh, but he lets us handle the daily activities, um, any employee events. I'm the speech giver. Um, so I have to come up with a lot of those things to say. So, but yeah, he's, He's still in it, um, but he's also having a good time, right? He's 77. Good he's enjoying life with his, his wife, my mom, and the grandkids when he can. And uh, so that's kind of what he's been up to these days. And uh, I basically started when I was 16 years old, but it had nothing to do with the car business. Had every or, or even being an amazing kid who wants to get experience. No. I wanted money to buy clothes. That's right. So that is exactly why I asked my dad for a job at 16. Um, I was tired of wearing um, the same pair of jeans that I got from Kmart every day with a 5K t-shirt. So I had all these 5K t-shirts and that was my that was my wardrobe, right? So I uh, literally did it for spending money. I started off doing all the stuff kids do, reception work, cashier um, things of that nature. Then I eventually got a little bit more into accounting. And uh, then I found out after three years that I was the only employee paid minimum wage, which is 425 an hour. Uh, nobody else was paid that low. So I left and I went to Chili's and I waited tables. And the irony is I made more there and he tipped me more there. Um, but my real goal was actually to go to work on Wall Street. And I had an interview set up, set up for Smith Barney, uh, October of my senior year at Trinity University. But in September, 
we had what was September 11th. So I told my dad I was going to go back to school. And uh, while I was doing that, I wanted to see a different angle of the business and if he'd let me sell cars. And so I went back to school at UTSA where I got my master's degree. I sold cars that summer before I started UTSA and fell in love. That is exactly where I was like, you know what? Never mind. This is where it's at. And I remember my first customer was someone who came in begrudgingly needing a car for work, but didn't want to go through the process, hated buying cars. And the significance of that moment was feeling what it felt like to be able to turn that around for him. I think that was the highlight of the moment for me, to make it a positive experience for him, that it shouldn't be something you dread um, or negative, that it should be something fun to do. And uh, then I immediately sold him a second car. Then I sold his sister a car, and she brought a friend over. And while she was in finance, I sold her a car. Um, and, and it just took off from there, and I've been in the car business ever since. Right. The power of the referral, right? A good referral goes a yes. long way. Nice. Your day, no doubt, includes meetings, advocating for social causes, legislating, and then turn around. You have kids, the family running. How do you decompress? What are your go-to guilty pleasures, uh, relaxation tips that maybe we can mimic or, or look for? So I'm actually kind of lucky with what I use to decompress. It is actually my uh, running, swimming, biking. So how handy is it that what I use to decompress is also incredibly Stress. healthy for you? Yeah. Like it's, it's not something I have to add to my day. Um, it's something I enjoy inserting into my day. Mm -hmm. So uh, there is no real balance. Basically, I, I used I used to tell people um, that it was I had a wheel of neglect, <laughs> and uh, basically I, I spin the wheel of neglect every week to find out okay who's not getting my attention. <laughs> This week, and as long as that wheel doesn't land on the same, same item two weeks in a row, then I'm okay. And you may call that a sense of balance, but if it's, wow, I can't make my, my kids end up on it. And not in a really negative way, sort of like, I can't make it to host tennis practices or gunner swimming, mm -hmm. you know. But when you spin it, and then the next week it turns out to be, um, maybe it's my workout. Well, then I do make gunner swim meet and I do make hope practice. You know, those are the kinds of things I neglect, not like feeding them. Right. Um, <laughs> so those, those things I'm on top of. Um, but I, I don't have a balance. My email is on overload. I typically tell people if it's important, really important, please text me and then I'll refer back to the email. Uh, sometimes I try to double up like I've been on my bike before where I have to do three or four hours on a bike this is for my Ironman races mm -hmm. right um, I don't know people know I do um, now I do ultra running too so I've run a 50k but I do Ironman races which take me 13 to 15 hours to do and I've had meetings while I'm on my bike I had do meetings on my bike I've had phone calls and I just turned the screen off but I'm completely engaged right, right? Um, so that's kind of how I double up on, on those types of things. And then I also have really great friends. We tend, we tend to book our kids for the same stuff. Um, so sometimes they take my kid or sometimes I take their kid. Mm -hmm. That's also very helpful, uh, to have. And being a family business 
is also helpful. So I can bring my kids to work and nobody's going to say anything. That's right. And, <laughs> you know, and include them in, like, in the commercials and everything else they're in. They're, yeah. yeah, they're in the commercials. So they're part of the, part of the environment. Right. So but all of these things kind of settle in together. I try to be smart about planning, like don't plan a race in the middle of le legislative session when you are in Austin 500 times. Right. Uh, in one session. So uh, I try to plan. doesn't always work that way, uh, but I have to be like a dealer and be scrappy and, and figure it figure it out in the last minute. So I'm, I'm going to use that scrappy. Okay, next to last question here. Um, you're, what tips are you recommending to that struggling, let's say minority or female owner-operator, business owner, somebody who's back against the ropes, maybe COVID, maybe whatever. What do you tell them? Um, you know, studying, giving back. What's your advice for the young entrepreneur that's, uh, that, that's on the edge or it's, uh, deciding what to do next? Man, there's so many things I can, I can think of that sort of accidentally helped, helped me. Mm -hmm. One, I, I said yes to everything. At some point, you want to learn how to say no, right? At some point. But if you're in the beginning, if your uh, back is against the ropes, I said yes to a lot of things. And saying yes to doing those things opened additional doors for me. For example, I'll just give a small example. Um, as a younger dealer, I was asked to go to the Capitol a lot to meet with folks. Okay, sure, I'd be happy to. So I would meet on behalf of the dealers um, in my area uh, with with our folks in this area, maybe Diego Bernal, Jose Menendez, the folks you may know. And um, after I said yes so many times, they were like, well, how about you be legislative chair? And I was like, okay. So I was legislative chair for a couple of years for the Texas Auto Dealers. And they're like, well, okay, you did that. Okay. Uh, how about being chairman? Woman, well. and I was like, well, okay. You know, and you just start like, you say yes to enough things and it begins to open doors and philanthropically that's actually worked on my behalf as well. Um, hey, do you think uh, you could volunteer for this? Well, okay. Um, I don't really have time, but sure, I'll do it. And and you end up doing that. And then I've met some incredible people where I made some great relationships with that have actually help personally and with the business and philanthropically going forward. Yeah. Um, and it felt like in my younger years, the more I said yes to participating in life things, uh, the more exposure I got to other people, other things, and the more opportunities that just seemed to show up. Right. Um, so I think saying yes was, it would be my first advice. Eventually, you do need to say no. But um, saying yes, yes, I also think the best time uh, to go back to school is when things look bleak. Mm -hmm. uh, I do feel that it, your your mind is focused on it. The only difficult difficulty is being able to manage your finances at that time. But if you can swing it, uh, if you can find the financial aid and a part-time job to do it, I would definitely say the best time to do that is when you're down. Uh, but by the same token, some of the best businesses I've ever heard started up in a downturn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're like, you know, when I got into real estate, when the market just dumped and I'm like, whoa. And you, I've, I've heard that story more than once um, that I guess you have nothing to lose. You're at the bottom and mm -hmm. you can only go up from here. 
be persistent, be scrappy. Re- I keep using the word scrappy. I love it. But at the same at the same time, I think there needs to be an evaluation of your goals. How many times have you tried for one specific goal? Mm-hmm. Like for me, um, I'm five nine. Uh, I don't think I could be an Olympic gymna- gymnast right now if I tried at the age of forty. If I work my butt off, no matter what I did, I don't think I'm going to the Olympics as a gymnast at the age of 44. Um, so be real with yourself, right? Like, are, are you pursuing something for real within your talent? Or is it time to think, wait, maybe I need to redirect this. Right. Um, but, you know, I say that at the same time, I have a never give up side. But just be smart about the never give up. You have to really believe in what you're doing. And that'll absolutely work. I, I do believe in putting things out to the universe. Um, I do believe in saying your goals out loud. Yes. I've never said something out loud and then it didn't it didn't come true. Uh, it, it, it's incredibly bizarre. Down to, I'll give you an, an example. Recently, maybe three or four years ago, um, I was telling my employees at the sales, or I should say team members, I don't like the word employees, mm-hmm at a, a sales banquet for them that they are so much more than just the sale. And I go, when you sell someone a car, you're selling them memories, future memories, uh, a way to take their kids to school, a way to get to the job, um, all these things that people need. And I go, and at the same time, when you sell that car, you're providing for your family, you're doing, uh, you're able to put food on the table, maybe go to a great school for your kids. Right. And I go, but when you do that, Tax is generated, right? And when tax is generated, that's great for infrastructure uh, and for the state of Texas to use for schools or what have you. Whether or not she's right, I don't know. That's a different story. But it's created. Um, what a way to think about that, yeah. Right. But something else that is cool is now we're able to make money to be able to open additional stores as well. But my favorite part was the part where we get to give back to the community, right? right? And I was like, so every time you have a sale, even a percentage of that goes back into a philanthropic endeavor. And I go, my dream is, and I have this outlandish number, is to keep the same percentage that we're giving, but be doing so well successfully that we have this insane number to give away within one year. Mm -hmm. That was maybe three or four years ago. Um and recently, my husband goes, you ready to give away that number? And I was like, what? Wow. We, we didn't, okay, I have to say, it's, it's going to be a one-time grant. It didn't come out in the way I wanted. We didn't earn enough of the percentage uh-huh. to be able to sustain that amount annually, right? Uh-huh. That's what I was thinking. But I did say that number out to the universe. And I'm literally getting this insane number, um, and it's too late. Sorry for all the listeners. I've already allocated it all in my head. <laughs> so it's already it hasn't been distributed yet. Um, it hasn't been distributed yet, but I already do have assignments for for several nonprofits for this number. And I I tell you what, I cannot believe it. I swear the universe heard me and conspired to make it happen. Uh, there was focus on it. We had it like a 10-year plan to get there. It was a really long plan. And all of a sudden, it just it just happened. And I, um, you can, I don't know if you can tell how excited I am yeah. about being able to do this uh, in a few months. 
So um, I honestly believe if you put it out there, uh, it, it makes it more real. Right. People hear it, you see it, and I swear to you, the universe will conspire to make it happen. Nice. Uh, you almost hold it. Yeah. You almost hold yourself accountable to it. If, if people are behind you, like a like a goal weight or something like that, you, people will hold you to it, and you hold yourself to it. That's that, that's awesome. Uh, that's good. Great advice. Uh, and finally, that right. part, that segues into S A Yes itself. Say yes. The driveway for education campaign. August eighth. We still have some time to to win a truck, but you know that's the give back program you built into your business. So uh, plug that away because yeah. it's going to help schools. Okay. Yeah, I'm so excited about SAS. And every year we give away a truck to one lucky winner. And this year's our fifth year teaming up with them, and they can pick. The winner will get to pick from five trucks. Uh, we opened it up so that way you can't say, oh, they don't have my brand. I wouldn't want to win it anyways. No excuse. Uh, but quickly, first let me tell you what SAS does. They provide grants and school supplies to Title I elementary schools. Um, so it's not just school supplies. They do go around and provide grants for classrooms and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one I'm specifically involved in, uh, it's a whole, it's a kit of supplies, uh, folders, pencils, crayons, um, that each kid is handed at these Title I elementary schools. Uh, and I remember the first year we did it, it was like 25,000 school supply kits um, that we were able to raise money for. Mm-hmm. Well, this year it's going to be around 50,000 kits Whoa. to Title I elementary uh, school kids, which is just like, what? Wow. Super exciting. And I believe we're on track to do... Um, to break last year's record, which is it was pretty generous. But I think that's because on the website, so you go to SAS.org, mm-hmm. and on this website, you can buy raffle tickets, one for 25, three for 50, something for 100. <laughs> I think it's 10 for 100. I think it's 10 for 100. Um, I have to, I can't believe I'm forgetting. Um, and then the winner for those trucks will be drawn on August 11th on the 10 p.m. news on Channel 4. Your last day to enter is midnight, August 8th. Got it. However, what is happening that's a little bit different is every week they're doing random drawings for people to win $500 gift cards to HEB. Yeah, I saw that's that. That's kind of new. Yeah, so that one's completely new. There's also stuff in there where you can purchase kind of like a silent option or you can purchase and that money also goes to SAS. So it's not, it used to be just the car. Mm-hmm. So now there's all sorts of different ways you can win or get something. Um, and at the finale, I think there'll also be a $1,000 gift card winner drawn as well. So there's, it's not just the cars. There's so many ways to win something. Um, and the cars you get to choose from, Nissan Titan, GMC Sierra, Ram 1500, Chevy Silverado and a Ford F-150. There you go. So you'll get to pick from. No excuses not to give. They don't have my model or my brand, right? So give away. Right. S-A-S.org, right? So, and I mean, you don't lose. If if you're not drawn, your money still goes towards kids, school supplies, grants, right? So there's not... There's not a loser in this scenario. I think we all gained something from listening to April today. I think that you took away a little nugget of information. Maybe you're in the market to buy or you know sell a car, or you're an entrepreneur, or you just wanted to hear the backstory from April. Whatever it is, I'm sure some everybody walked away winner today. Hopefully they patronize and they visit you. April, always a pleasure. It, it's it's a treat. It's a walk in the park, and we thank you. We wish you much success as always. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me. I, I was about to say I appreciate it again. I, I appreciate it so much. 
him and say it 50 times. Well, I'm going to say scrappy all day because of you now. So that's cool too. Right? Yeah. <laughs> thank you, April. <laughs> Appreciate you so much. You're so sweet. Thank you. And thank you for being our guest and uh, giving us your ears today. Better Business Bureau, of course, Decoding Business, produced by Better Business Bureau of San Antonio. I'm your host, Jason Messa. Reach out to us for show ideas to sponsor the show. If your business is interested in joining or partnering with DVB, serving the heart of Texas, you can call us 800-621-8556. Thanks for listening.